He's waving the white flag. It's like, you remind me of my mother. <laughs> Let me go. I surrender. It's over. <laughs> Let me go home. I have things to do. I have emails to get back to. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. Episode seven. Cruising along. Cruising. A little speed bump in this episode for me. Yeah, you were well, not into this episode. No, the episode was fine. Okay. There was development. Yes. But this recap will take on a somber tone for me. Ah, yes. A moment of silence will be had later. Yes. We all know who it will be had for. We will pay our respects. Yes, we shall. This episode for me was, it felt like a catch-up episode. It reminded me of when, this is a very, very random analogy. It's my job, not yours. I know, to do analogies. I try. Well, huh. you've turned, in, turned me into someone who does analogies or I attempts have. analogies. All right, let's see. Let's see what you got. Well, it's like when you have a set amount of space on a canvas or a piece of paper and you're trying to do bubble letters or just any kind of mm. nice print oh, and you think you've yeah. got it down, the amount of space you, you have. You miscalculate. You yeah. miscalculate and then at the end, the letters are kind mm, of too skinny in, or skinny. too small. Yeah. No, I, good, well done. Thanks, I, I tried. But to me, this episode was the skinny letters <laughs> of, <laughs> of the overall season because I feel like we've had these long episodes about not a whole lot. Yes. And then all of a sudden... Just so much is happening all at once that it was almost like head spinning. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of development. The hard, hardest working people in show business are the production, the the post production of The Bachelor. I completely agree. The people who edit this show deserve thankless a thankless job. A thankless, thankless mercilessly <laughs> difficult job. Yes. And they do deserve a trophy. I don't know if they deserve a trophy for how they portray the people, but in terms of just the feat of putting something like this together it's impressive they should get an emmy right isn't that what you give for tv (laughs) i don't think anyone's giving the bachelor franchise an emmy (laughs) no not the bachelor franchise the people at work behind the scenes actually you're right no one's getting an emmy on the bachelor (laughs) all they're gonna get is the most viewers of any show in the world just no Emmy. that's the best they're gonna get yeah that's better than getting an emmy and the bragging rights of saying i edit yeah. The Bachelor. Oh, you're, they're, they're going to get good work after this. But yeah. they got to put in. I mean, they're doing like tours. It's like tours in Vietnam right now. <laughs> and not like vacation, like old, like 60s Vietnam. It's just to be clear, make sure. So Some just to be clear, young. post-production editing of The Bachelorette is akin to Vietnam. <laughs> More than one tour in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. You think you can out analogy me? Uh, yeah. I'll take your bubble on the paper <laughs> analogy and raise it to a war. We lost. <laughs> You really put me in my Teach place with that. Yeah. My bubble on a paper yeah, stay analogy. In your, stay in your lane. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for treading onto your territory. Okay. Uh, we kick off with the guys in a man chat, talking about hometowns and just how big a cut last week was. And of course, the emphasis is on the importance of getting a one-on-one this week because hometowns are next week. I don't know when or how it came to this point so quickly, but hometowns are indeed next week. So obviously here we zero in on Mike P and Brendan as the only two guys who haven't had them. And I'm inserting a clip here that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was cute that Greg likes to sit with his legs crossed because I too like to sit with my legs crossed. But we will circle back to Greg, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Katie has a chat with Keisha And the gist of this entire conversation is that she's struggling. 
She claims she doesn't know who her final four guys are, even though I find that questionable, but I think she's Mm -hmm. also instructed to say that. Mm -hmm. And she's debating whether she should give those one-on-ones to guys who haven't had them to explore those relationships versus giving them to guys to further explore relationships they've already established, blah, 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 blah. And Taisha says, you have your hands full. You have so many things to think about right now. And Andy, here you said, they never say anything. A lot of sound and fury and no meaning. No meaning. A lot of words, no meaning. Yes. Yes. Back at the house, once again, it's getting a little tired. The Mm -hmm. emphasis is on how important the one-on-one is. If you don't get it, you don't have a chance. And all of this is to build up to the fact that Greg, one of the guys who has had a one-on-one and was, in fact, the first one-on-one date recipient, gets that date card. And I do like about Greg that he was clearly uncomfortable showing any joy or celebration with this. He always exhibits the appropriate reaction yes. in these situations. He is extremely cognizant of the feelings of those around him. Yes. Which I find very endearing, honestly. Agreed. Yeah. I like that he didn't crack a smile just because it would come off a little gloaty, you know, and he just he was just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I, I like that about him. I think it's it's manners. I agree. Personally. And Mike P is so nice. He says, breathe, big guy. You deserve it. Wow. All that virginity is really, <laughs> is really mellowed him out. All that virginity. You could argue it should have done the opposite. I, I, I mean, I'm he being should be aggressive facetious. and angry. <laughs> yeah, he should be. But somehow he's the, he's, he's the nicest, happiest virgin in town. <laughs> and we, here we get our first word watch. And this is from Greg. He says, I mean, this is just like an opportunity to really build on something here. And if you guys caught last week, we told you to count how many times we hear the word opportunity in this episode. And this was number one. And so then Greg gets that one on one. And Katie emerges wearing something that we were not really into. And we don't really go into fashion in our recaps. Typically, I usually save that for my blog fashion roundup. Yeah. Which, by the way, is in the description in case you're interested. But we were extremely distracted by this terrible green T-shirt that Katie was wearing. I was so confused. And you know me. I never dive into the fashion pool. N- never. Like, you I don't have away. any opinion. And look at, ever. I mean, I, look, I mean, yeah, okay. So this was a problem. We had a lot of issues with this The t-shirt. fact that I was offended, this is a problem. Yeah. This was the shirt. This was literally the, the shirt, like... Let's say you have a company and the company's not doing well, <laughs> but you have to have some sort of, you, there's a promotional thing you got to do and you have like your budget. Oh, is, you need merch? Yeah, you need merch and your budget is tiny. It's like, we're like, you barely have enough money to make payroll, but you're like, okay, we got to do this t-shirt thing. And so you go to the cheapest t-shirt maker in town, like the guy who's undercuts the, the other cheapest guy. And I like, just get me some t-shirts make it like, you know, I know the thick, crappy thick collared like just terrible t-shirt and just put some put our name company logo on it and you give it to everybody and the next day it's either in the garbage or people are using it to like ter- to you know to like polyurethane their floors <laughs> or to stain wood yeah to clean the windows or to like clean the kitchen floor and that's it but somehow this this woman who is on one of the most viewed TV shows in the world, and she's there, I mean, you know, it's ostensibly to look good on these one-on-ones, picks a T-shirt that I, a man who literally spends 80% of his life in a white Hanes V-neck, 
would not be caught dead wearing in public. So I, tr- I really swear I was trying to see a way to to make this T-shirt make well, sense. Well, you appropriately thought that she they were going to have like a, a messy date where they were like painting and throwing paint on each other yes. or like or even paint war, like paintball war. Yes. I literally thought the shirt she was wearing was being worn because it was designed to get it ruined. It was a disposable shirt. And it also had still the creases in the arm. Like it looked like it was fresh out of the package. So my backup thought was that she was supposed to wear something else, but like coffee got spilled on it or something. Uh, and then they were no longer where the wardrobe yeah, they need to whip something else out. That's, that's, I don't agree with that because the backup, if there was a wine or coffee spillage, yeah. would have been something fine. You're right. The cut looked like the kind of shirt you put your, your brand's logo on. Hey. It's not a wearing shirt. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a logo shirt. It's a logo. And that's a logo shirt, again, for a company that is suffering financially. <laughs> oh my God. Everything was wrong. There was not one thing about that shirt where you're like, well, that's okay. <laughs> No, the collar, everything. And I don't know anything about anything, but I know when I see something wrong, everything was wrong. We really didn't like this shirt. I'm confused. I want an answer. I want answers. I do feel like an explanation is warranted for that t-shirt. Agreed. Considering, again, she has the same style team that has dressed some of our most stylish bachelorettes it's not like they switched over and i understand it's a pandemic maybe some circumstances were different this time around can i tell you something i wouldn't wear that shirt during the peak of the pandemic knowing i was not leaving the house (laughs) because i wouldn't want to look in the mirror and see myself wearing that i would think less of myself it would traumatize me so we didn't like the shirt. I want to know what happened there. And I, and I, and I have to assume we are not the only people discussing this. <laughs> I hope we are not. We might have to wrap our minds around the fact that we may never know what's up with that shirt. I'm going to find out. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. Thank you. And then we cut to the actual date, which is Katie's Place Market, mm-hmm. a play on Seattle's Pike Place Market. Yeah. I thought this was cute. It's cute. They throw fish back and forth and they shuck oysters and they make bouquets of flowers for each other. And in general, I found this date very uh, Zach C-esque. It reminded me of Zach's New York City themed date. I will take the word for that. From Tasha's season. When I see a date like this and all the little details, you have to, as much as we criticize production, you have to give the powers that be props for the inventiveness and resourcefulness. I mean, we just saluted post-production. Yes, and, and now not- we're saluting all the people that sourced flowers and fake fish and I mean, fresh oysters. How many of these dates have they thought of since the beginning of this franchise? Well, like a especially thousand? in the pandemic. It's a it's lot so easier hard. to go to, to like to Virginia exactly. and be like, oh, in Virginia, one does these things. Well, you just look at, you look at like, 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 yeah, um, you look at the Frommer's Guide to Virginia and then or, just do the things on the list. Yeah. You just go to TripAdvisor yeah. and like, what's the top 20 things to do in this place? Yes. And you got all your dates right there. Yeah. Done. But now yeah. we sort of are seeing some recycling happening and I've got to give them credit as much as I'm a little tired of it and I can't wait for this show to start traveling again. And as much as we give the powers that be a hard time, especially here mm-hmm. on Dear Shandy with our recaps, they, they deserve some 
some props. Yeah. It's like literally you're in an escape room with like, there's like five things in the room and there's all these things you have to do with those five things. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> what they're doing. They've come up with the maximum number of things that yeah. can be done it's, with those five things. It's scientifically impossible to think of anything more than they've thought of. <laughs> and for anyone wondering, we are big escape room fans. Huge. Yeah. If anyone else out there is big escape room fans. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Just Let's that I would that. argue is the thing we have missed the most in the pandemic. Uh, yes, because no we normally go to escape rooms constantly. at least once a month. At least, at that's least. a slow month. That's a slow month. We love escape rooms. Yes, yeah. I feel like this might be the first time we're revealing this. It's a big reveal. Yeah, we're good They're at fun. too. It's a great date idea. Just saying. Yeah, we're pissed when we when we when we don't win. Which doesn't happen very often. We often blame it on the room. <laughs> yeah, like this is impossible. Like, they screwed up. <laughs> so true yeah okay so we see some of greg's goofy side here something i feel like we haven't seen enough of but whenever we do see it i like him more Mm -hmm. and then the two of them sit down and talk about their relationship of course and here katie is super effusive for what feels like i don't know the it feels like every single time she sits down with Greg, she's a very effusive with him. Mm-hmm. She says, I couldn't wait to see you today. My heart races and I get so excited and get awkward and start word vomiting. I don't know. I've never felt so giddy before. And I, I like them together and I can see why she's really into him and I can see why he's into her and I can see the connection. But I've got to say, whenever she gives him so much of herself and her feelings, it makes me nervous. I know. He seems very reticent. And and I believe that Greg is struggling. And I think he has feelings for Katie. Yeah. Feelings. But yeah. not like I want to spend the rest of my life and have children with you feelings. Yes. I don't believe that. Yeah. And I think that Greg is struggling between being a decent human and like kind of being a gentleman and, you know, expressing his feelings. Which I think is a part of him, for sure. Yeah, being kind of like reserved and acting like a normal person would in this crazy situation. When he's kind of does have feelings, but also is a little confused and like, what the hell is this? Where Mm -hmm. am I? But then the other part, the the part he's conflicting with is his competitive spirit. Yeah, I always like to bring it back to Greg's competitive spirit. I refuse to believe he excelled the way he did in high school and college basketball without some pretty significant competitive spirit. So... I think that 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 human part of him is struggling with the part where he's like, I think I can win this show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you think that he is hyper conscious of the fact that he could win if he plays his cards right. Yes. But he also does like her. And he's struggling to, he's a good guy. He's, he was raised well. You can tell Greg is a, is a complete, he's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. He's a nice, normal dude. Normal dude. And yeah. he's sitting on this TV show where he's supposed to get married to this girl at the end. This is not a Greg thing. This yeah, is, he's every, out of his element here. Everything about The Bachelorette does seem out of character for him, which yes. I got to say on the whole, find very endearing. But most guys in his position, I believe, would be so intoxicated with the experience at this point and also even the if, attention the fact that he's a clear front runner is intoxicating yes, intoxicating but yeah. most people you know and most people who would go on the show in the first place would have this personality type most people at this point would be like 
I'm going to, I'm going to win this show. I'm going to be a big thing. Like, I don't give a shit how I feel about this lead. I'm, I'm winning, Mm. but Greg isn't that guy. Yeah. So he's really struggling, but it's so alluring. It's like, you could win the show. You could pretty much not work for the rest of your life. Let's be honest. For as long as Instagram exists. Yeah. And then it'll be the next thing. You just move over to TikTok and then you move over to whatever follows TikTok. I mean, he's fine. If he wins a show, if he wants, he's going to have money. For a long time. Let's be let's be totally honest about it. Mm. So he's struggling. And I think it's a struggle you don't often see because most guys who get to that point are always are they're all in on the winning it's camp. So true, actually. Most guys who are getting as much reinf- positive reinforcement and validation that he's getting. They're drunk. They're drunk on the on the high yeah. of feeling like a front runner and associating that high with emotions and genuine feelings for the lead. Yeah, the devil comes around a couple of you know around hometowns. So a couple the of devil us before. the devil comes around. He's like, hey, anybody want to make a deal? And everyone's like, yeah, me, 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 me. I want to make a deal. And Greg's like, mm. and it's rare. Okay, so do you think that he is reticent because he is? human or do you think it's because he genuinely might leave and he is sort of hedging his bets like he has an escape route ready do you see what i'm saying like he doesn't want to be all in and then suddenly leave I like he's basically he's hedging, pulling pulling one uh charlene not to talk in the third he is person pulling a bit of a charlene like he's there's a setting, lot of foreshadowing leading up i to think he's leader. hedging himself a lot and i think he's potentially setting himself up for the the option of exiting out the side door. Okay, and that brings me to my next point about Greg, which is that I feel, and again, this is just a TV show. No one is their full self on this show. And I want to give that disclaimer. We're talking about just a facet of these people. But based on what we've seen of Greg, I feel like this is kind of how he is in relationships in real life, meaning mm-hmm. I think that he doesn't go all in easily, if ever. Oh, I agree with that. And I feel like he is kind of non-committal. You know, it's totally fine if he's not committal. Sure. But on a show about commitment, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah. I don't know. Is that the edit? Am I falling for an edit? Or do I, am I no. getting like real life non-committal vibes from Greg? I, I don't think you're falling for anything. I think that's what's happening. It's the same discomfort in a similar way that I felt with Andrew S., who we'll get to later. <laughs> but... It's like, you know, this guy is probably going to get his heart broken. Yes. It's coming. When is it coming? And you, you could feel it. It was discomfort. It's like, ah, she's going to do this. Yeah. And, and in this case, you feel like Katie's going to get flip side. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, the vibe I get from Greg and have for a long time is that if you had a radar for guys who would commit to you for marriage, I don't feel like Greg would be no. warm. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Katie reveals that she looks at Greg during rose ceremonies and feels better. And feels she's giving him all the she's power. She's giving him all the power. And she says, honestly, I don't think I could have waited another day to see you and have this time. <sighs> uh, she's giving him all the power. You're right. It's and ball, it's concerning. Balls in Greg's court. It is, and too much, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. I often have an issue on this show with the power dynamic of feeling like the lead has too much power, but I also think that it's a rare opportunity to really wield that. I agree. Also, a lesson to future contestants, if you do get the first impression, Rose, play it cool. You're in. She likes you. Play Mm -hmm. it cool. Just play it real cool. If you're playing the game. That's all I have. Wait, don't you think he has played it cool? 
a hundred percent. Like too cool. I'm using him as, as an example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's played it so cool that he's now like, he's in complete power. Katie is his servant now. It's funny. She's at his beck and call. Uh, he played it exactly right. Get the first impression, Rose. Your job is done. Yeah. Just be yourself and play it cool. And a good example of someone who didn't do that, and of course she became the season's villain, so it's it's more complicated too, but Olivia Caridi is a great example oh, yeah. of that. She got the first impression Rose did on not Ben play Higgins. It cool. She did not play it cool. She got too confident. She didn't lay low enough, which is so important. Yes. As If you're the first impression Rose recipient, you're so right. Just... We often talk about disappearing into the bushes. You basically soft won the show. You just won. <laughs> you just won the Bachelorette. You don't have to just, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just fade away. Just let it go. It's like, it's like, it's like that, you know, a game of House of Cards where you put that last, or Jenga for more appropriate. You put that last thing in and you just let go and you, that's it. Yeah. You're not going to sit there and like stroke the tower or something. It's done. <laughs> like step away. It may fall. Don't breathe on it. Exactly like Jenga. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I think that was patronizing, but I, I've done better with my analogies. I mean, it's definitely no worse than my bubble letters. <laughs> no, but not quite as good as my Vietnam. So back at the house, Michael is FaceTiming his son, James. Mm-hmm. And this is cute. Very cute. Super cute. He says, I can't wait to see you guys. I'm losing it. And he's right on schedule because most people start to lose it at around week seven or episode mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have a kid. Yeah. And so he is doing everything on schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so sweet. He says, you're my best friend in the world to his son. And Very he just cute. seems like a great dad. Yeah, he does. In the evening on Greg's date, Katie, for what is not the first time, by the way, to him, expresses fear that he will leave. Once again, giving him another sprinkling mm-hmm. of power. Mm-hmm. And based on this conversation, by the way, we decided that the next word watch word will be scared. Yes. Got that, guys? Scared. Not afraid. No. Not fear. No. Not frightened. But scared. Anymore? Oh, okay. What about scare? Scare counts. No. Well, I don't see scare being used, honestly. No, that's absurd. No one's good. So just scared? Just scared. Okay, scared. Yeah. Show me a a quote where someone says scare in The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there you go. I really, I was going to try. I knew, I knew you, you were ready. You wanted to do it. I knew very quickly that that was a losing no, battle. No. Okay, you're right. Scared. Scared. Next week, scared. Let us know in the comments your vote. So here Greg opens up a bit. Mm-hmm. He tells us that insecurity has haunted him his whole life. He reveals that it's something his sister gives him a hard time about and yeah. tells him is the least attractive thing about him. Very honest sister. Good uh, sibling. Love there. Tough love. And he reveals that he was bullied in school. Mm -hmm. And he says, I think in some sense that it has shaped the relationships I've formed. And he says that since his father died, he doesn't let his guard down with just anyone. And he's been scared as hell. But he tells Katie, you've been the strongest person I've ever met. And you have been incredible during this. And I honestly feel like the luckiest guy in the world. And you just amaze me in every way. And if we do make it to next week, I'm excited to show my family the girl I'm falling in love with. And here we see the Greg that suddenly realizes he could win the Bachelorette. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, I hope you're wrong. I hope he's not just saying that. I think he could be feeling it. And as with Greg, everything's a little gray. I yes. think he does feel some of that. But I also think he's like, you can do this. 
I think he suddenly got a wave of adrenaline. Like I can, I'm, I'm like about to win this show. For me, the vibe I got from this is not necessarily that it wasn't authentic, but it felt like he and a producer, because again, I've said before that before the evening portion of your day, you do sit down with a producer and the producer's like, so what do you want to talk to Katie about tonight? It's not like you just go in and talk about whatever you want. I bet you that he was encouraged to tell her how he's feeling because the worst thing in the world would be to be sent home because he didn't do it. I'll take it a step further, a little darker. I think production actually encouraged him by making him realize that the way he looked on national TV in his behavior might not land so well. He might want to step up the effusiveness a little bit. I'm not saying it was done so heavy handed, but Mm -hmm. it might have been a subtle like, hey, is this how you want to be portrayed on TV? I don't know if I see them doing that. I think it's more likely what I gave. I trust you. Yeah, not that I'm dissing your approach. And I have revealed in my recaps before that when I did finally cry on my season, and this was in episode five when Mm -hmm. my friend Kelly left, a producer told me afterwards, it's good that you cried because you were looking a little cold and like an wow. ice queen before. Like he base he didn't tell me beforehand you're looking cold, but when I cried, he was like, You were looking cold and oh, now wow. you aren't. And I remember that was the first time I was like, Is that something I have to think about? Amazing. So it's not that I think that your idea is terrible. It's more so that I I just better picture a producer saying, You should really let Katie know how you feel about you because that could be the difference. You know, okay. how awful would it be to go home because you she didn't know how you felt about her, that kind of thing. No, sorry, my view is a little more cynical. <laughs> Based on my story, it's not mm-hmm. too far off, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, Greg finally basically says that he's falling in love with her yep. indirectly. And Katie is deeply moved by this. She presents him with a rose and she looks like she's near tears, honestly. And watching her here made me feel near tears just because I feel like... She's so all in with him. And once again, it just makes me nervous. I wrote, it's moving, but I also feel like she's going to get majorly hurt. And it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And then they go outside and production has made it rain, quite <laughs> literally. And Greg is super into the rain. Like he's really excited about it. They both are. They dance in the rain. They kiss in the rain. And it's very cute. And Andy, moved by this scene... You said, good use of water in a drought-stricken area. Very on brand. It is. <laughs> it is. So back at the house, Brendan and Mike P. agree that they cannot get to an engagement without a one-on-one. That's just <laughs> I can't not, even say it with a it's, straight it's, face. The, it's, it's so dumb. But it's the bastard. It's amazing how this needs to be said at all. In the old days, this week would be about wondering who would be getting a second one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Not a first one-on-one. No. It's, I find it a little patronizing. Like, do we really believe that someone who hasn't gotten a one-on-one can possibly end up with her? It's absurd. Not only does it mean they haven't had enough time to possibly consider an engagement in a few weeks, but it also shows that obviously the lead is not into them enough to have given them one and, earlier. And let's be honest, someone who's had two one-on-ones is not ready to get engaged. No, but on my season, and I know my season was seven years ago now or whatever, yeah. but... That week, this week was about who's getting another one-on-one. Right. Like, I don't understand why you, why you would still be there. They needed people. They need people. Yeah. Brendan <laughs> and Mike P were warm bodies. 
They were place markers. They were serving a purpose. They were they were basically stunt doubles. They were not even people. Yeah, they were the, they, they were there extras. because they had a heartbeat. Yeah, they were extras. Extras. Yeah, one with a story. One I to the day I die, I'll have no idea how Brendan made it that far. <laughs> and and there's nothing. Look, Brendan. Good we looking, like Brendan. Nice, seemingly yeah. nice. I just don't. He was under, in my top four. Before. Don't understand how he ended up in your top four. You must have known something I didn't know. But I will never understand how Brendan made it that far. Yeah. So the group date card arrives, and going on this date is Justin, Andrew, Blake, Michael, and Brendan. Meaning that Mike P will be getting that one-on-one date, mm. and Michael says, "I'm really excited for Mike. No one is more deserving. We should be celebrating him." These guys, they're cute. They're nice they guys. They all like each other. Nice guys. Yes. And then Brendan starts to unravel here, understandably. Sure, of course. Because he's realizing at this point that he is an extra. He just realized it. He just realized yeah. he's an extra. He went Truman Show on, on The Bastard. He's, <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. There's no sky. It's just plaster up there. It's so true. Yeah. He thought he was a leading man. And in this moment, he was like, yeah. There's no sky. You're yeah. so I've right. I've been duped. I've been duped. Yeah, he broke out. He's like literally broke through the side of the Truman Show world. <laughs> out of the, through and, the sky wall. Yeah, and went to, what was the acting guy anyway? <laughs> Sam Harris. Not Sam Harris. Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yes. No, yes. Yeah, yeah. Such a good movie. I cried and cried. Yeah. I would have expected more from Jim Carrey after that. I thought he was going to really elevate to something great. Oh, more like dramatic just, actor. Yeah, he kind of went right back to the silly comedies and then kind of yeah. faded away. Not that he didn't excel at the same No, I think he's doing quite well for himself. <laughs> yes. Just saying I wanted more from him. Yes. Yeah, it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Also, can I just say, ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that movie came out. Before reality TV really they, became what it is They predicted everything. They did. I don't know about everything. Everything. <laughs> so Brendan angrily says, the biggest question is why am I still here? I didn't get time on the group date. I didn't get time on the cocktail. I'm still here. Three great guys went home. Why am I still here? Mm-hmm. I didn't get a one-on-one. Why am I still here? I think he deserves to be pissed. We both do. Sure. It's such a patronizing position to be put in honestly especially since he undoubtedly was led to believe that what they shared was something super special because it is her job to make him feel that way yes so brendan decides to to be bold Mm -hmm. and he visits katie which i think is a great move by the way i think anyone in his position should do super canadian move really no i think the whole brendan behavior now he's like he's like in canada we wouldn't do this they (laughs) they wouldn't be this disrespectful to me i need to get to the bottom of this this is a more subtle Canadian accent. You usually I go more hard than that. I'm trying to decide who you sound like right now. Not Canadian person? No, yeah. You sound like someone from Minnesota or something. Oh. Just saying. Interesting. There's, I, I mean, the difference between me. Minnesota and Canadian is extremely subtle. To an American, probably. Oh, yeah. That's true. Just saying. Just the same way Andrew S.'s British accent to an American sounds like a British accent, but to a person living in London sounds absurd. Yes. So Brendan visits Katie... But must first urgently apply some lip balm. <laughs> that was maybe my, <laughs> for me, the high point of the whole series. In general, I've noticed that lip balm has been on many of the men's lips throughout the whole season. Like Aaron you don't was a see frequently, it being yeah, applied. you don't see it being applied much less urgently. Yeah, this is an action. <laughs> I just think it was just one of those hilarious moments that definitely happened. It wasn't edited in. Right. And it, it endeared me to it him. It was cute. I mean, yeah. it is the desert. Maybe it's very dry there. Maybe he felt a sudden terrible lip dryness. Absolutely true. 
And heading into this, we hear an ITM from him where he says, it's going to go fucking great. It's going to go great. And, and <laughs> I mean, even in regular life, when you say that, things aren't probably going to go that great. Yes. But on The Bachelor, you just, that's, it's over. If oh. you say it's going to go great, I feel like the, the powers that be will do everything they can to make sure it yeah. does not go great for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Not that I think they played any part in this, but... It was pretty funny. Yeah, no one's ever made it to Final Four on the Bowser franchise who said things are going to go fucking great. <laughs> so Brendan sits down and he says, I put myself in your shoes all the time. This is your journey. This is your happiness. But I have emotions as well. And I wrote, good for him. Yeah. He basically demands answers. And I wrote, this is the sexiest he's been all season. The, the most human, too. The most human. And also... It's not that I haven't thought Brendan was sexy or anything. And it's not also a requirement that I think every contestant on this show be sexy. But it is a- attractive when someone stands up for themselves yes. instead of just rolling over. Yeah. And I, I was proud of him. I was like, good for you. Oh, Canada. <laughs> That's all I know. I was about to join you. <laughs> no, that's it. I, I never learned any more than that. Shame on you. I should get on that. So Katie basically sends him home here saying that she doesn't know if they can get there in time. And I i mean, he had to know this was going to happen. I mm-hmm. do think that when he visited her, he knew that this was mm, most yeah. likely the outcome yeah. here. It's unlikely that she'd be like, oh, actually, I have this other date card waiting for you. Interesting that they didn't show his response or reaction. Uh, I, I was it, nothing. It was just like, he's like, OK, bye. It's the kind of thing that might have been shown had Brendan not been an extra. Right. He was an extra. His reaction was not interesting enough. Meanwhile, Mike P right. later is one notch above extra. He has a name. He has a platform. Mike P has a platform. What do you he mean? He has the platform? virginity platform. Oh, exactly. Totally. He has a role to play. He gave that speech on that first group date about his virginity. He, like I said, if this were a movie or a musical or an opera, mm. he would have a name. He's like <laughs> the friend named Mike. Yes. Brendan would be Canadian number two. <laughs> I do think it's really sweet that he went and said goodbye to Blake. Canadian love. Oh, so sweet. Someone mentioned in the comments that they may know each other or mm. they may have already known Doesn't each other. Doesn't everyone in Canada know each other? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can get away with anything because I married a Canadian. So <laughs> anyone belly aching out there in Toronto or Ottawa. just That one take it was easy. served on a silver platter, I have to admit. That was. Thank you. So on this group date, Mm -hmm. the men walk into a courtyard of sorts where Mm -hmm. there are all these art pieces that Blake describes as flowers with a twist. They're really like just milking that sexual innuendo. Like they're just like, (laughs) it's like nothing left. It's like they're like, get a stronger guy in to to, to turn that rag. You know, it's like the guy's not, it's literally the rag's dry. The guy's wrists aren't strong enough to get any more water out of it. And then the strong guy, big muscly guy comes in and squeezes there's one drop and that drop is the vagina <laughs> paintings date there was a funny moment here where katie kisses andrew mm-hmm. because she says that she will be his inspiration or his muse and we see justin's expression usually i feel these expressions are taken from other moments but i really do think this was in response to that but the reason i'm including it is because this is for my old school blog readers it was an epic direct look into camera Oh, he, yeah. he makes his face and he's like, <laughs> it was so it was good. Great. He's great at that. And then the men have to present their artwork. And this is pretty funny. Michael 
does a, a sculpture of Katie's ass. Which, in my eyes, looked like a molar. <laughs> it was, but first of all, that was so strange and also out of character. Like, Michael's so, like, nice and gentlemanly, and then he just does this, like, inappropriate sculpture of her ass. Well, they were Which I assume there was a butthole or some vagina situation happening. Why do they have to black that out? What country do we live in where you literally can't see a clay, an amateur clay version of someone's butt? This show is confused. It's so confused. They could talk about jerking off without for with, an hour. Yeah. But, but they, you can't have Michael make a terrible clay sculpture of an ass. Yeah, but they'll talk about jerking off for an hour, but then bleep out jerking off. Yeah. Or whacking off. Yeah, God forbid you'd know the word. Yes. That's not even the word. <laughs> yeah. It's the most innocent word for the thing. And you can't even hear that. You're still upset about it a week later. <laughs> if there was a table here, I'd flip the table. There's no table. So then Justin shows his painting, which is their journey, his journey with Katie. A odd. It was a, a strange choice for someone mm. who's so artistic. But mm. I did think it was cute that he put a little sundress on Katie. The it stick was figure cute. Kid. It was cute. And Andrew showed his painting, which we, we were amazed can by. Can we just talk about, like, if I went to some, like, exclusive contemporary <laughs> art exhibit yeah. and that painting was on the wall in a good frame, I'd be like, that guy's amazing. There was not enough reaction to how amazing his painting was. The, you said it looked like Basquiat. <laughs> It was, in, yeah, I, I, I stand by that. It was incredible. It was, that was wonderful. That was a, the work of a great artist. Yeah. And then Blake presents a painting that we will never see, I suppose. I'm still not sure what it is. While presenting it, he says, fuck me. I am now fully in Camp Blake. Yeah, That, he's that great. won me over. He's it was wonderful. Great. He says, a physical visual representation of one of the most amazing, beautiful things that humans are able to do on a daily basis. Not a lot of species can do that. That magic. These bleep bleep are also the beginning of life. And I still don't know what it was. Was it testicles? Was it a penis and a vagina? He says these mm -mm are also the beginning of life. I have no idea, but whatever it was, was good. The whole thing he did was good. Yeah. Justin said that he doubled down on the joke, and it's so true. This date was designed to make them like, oh, like kind of squirmy, and oh, we have to... He did the right thing. Sculpt Katie's ass. You know, it's so awkward. And he was like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can just worry about a black bar for my entire piece of art. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was great. great. So in the evening, finally, Katie gets one-on-one -on -one time with all four guys. There's no question over whether or not a guy will get time. Nothing more intimate than one-on-one -on -one time with four guys. Katie tells Blake, it's probably the easiest with you. I mm -hmm. thought this was pretty huge. And he said, my mom's going to love you. Mm -hmm. And she joked, oh, so you already think there's a next week for you. And he said, I've been thinking that for a long time. I love their playful. Yeah. They have a sort of like. It's, it's strong. The good banter. It is strong. And he said, I'm not in love right now. But the way it's going, it's fucking inevitable. I know it's coming, but I'm not going to lie to you either. He's great. Can we just talk about another thing? And I know we've touched on this, but you know how hard it is to come in mid-season, piss everybody off, then become a front runner, and everybody still likes you. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a genius. All I'm saying is be likable. Mm-hmm. Be like someone who people like and you'll be fine. He's a good Canadian. I'm sorry. He's it's a true. solid Canadian. He's super self-aware and just probably fun. He's yes. fun. I want to hang out with Blake. 
for the people out there, I'm telling you, date Canadians. <laughs> it's the best. Justin has his one-on-one -on -one time, and he presents her with a lovely painting of a rose and butterflies. Mm -hmm. I got to say, I love Katie's authentic reaction to gifts like this, like yeah. these sort of gesture gifts. Sure, yeah. She was the same when Connor B. wrote that song for her, yep. and she was near tears. It she loves like, acts of service. She, and uh, gifts. No, wait. Gifts? Acts of gifts? I, gifts of act? <laughs> What's the thing? I mm -hmm. even feel like that card that uh, Andrew S. gave her at the end of this episode, it just was two sentences, but she was so deeply moved. I really like that about her. Yeah. She really feels like not a superficial person. Yeah. And she seems really impressed by talent, mm -hmm. which I think says a lot about a person. When someone doesn't give a shit about talent. That bothers me. It bothers me, too. I mean, I don't it should like bother it. you more than anyone. I mean... It really has nothing to do with me or my so-called talents. It's just, I think talent is one of those things that defines a person, can define a person. You know, as we're seeing with Justin on this entire season, because we don't have much else to work with with Justin. Yeah. But it's just, it's a huge part of what makes someone unique and plays such a part in their output mm -hmm. into the world. And... If you don't care about that, then what do you care about when it comes to people, period? I, I have a real problem when people don't care about your talent. My talent? Yes. My Like mine, mine. Your opera talent. Yeah, it's cute. You get really... When someone has no curiosity about my singing, you get upset. You get a little upset. It's cute. You're very... Uh, I don't You're blame a proud everybody. Husband. I don't blame them, but I... You, know, I get you file it away and forever resent yes. them. <laughs> So the story behind this painting is Justin said that she has helped him evolve mm -hmm. out of his cocoon and hence the butterflies. And Katie reminds us that his was the first kiss. I forgot about that. Night one, the first yeah. kiss. And they talk about how great their connection is. And I wrote, amazing how in episode seven, still all we know about him is that he's a painter. Yeah, the, the, what what I know about Justin is he paints a mean flower, occasionally a butterfly, and makes a funny face. Yeah. I know nothing else. Yep. And so Michael gets his one-on-one -on -one time, and th th this was another moving conversation. She expresses how much she's thought about James and how she is prepared to get the juice boxes and the condiments. And he just looks like he might melt. The whole thing is very cute. You can tell he is moved by how much thought she's clearly put into it and how willing she is to fit into their lives. Yes. And he says what I think is probably the soundbite of the season. Oof. No one can love you like I can. Ooh. That was a hot line. I was turned on by that line. I'm not Drop gonna... the hammer. Drop the hammer. I mean, when a man says something like, it reminded me of our first real date when you said to me, I've been looking for you for a long time. Mm -hmm. I was like, let's find a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just very hot. Michael saying no one can love you like I can. It felt so like oh. it should have. It's right there. It should have just cut to like boom, boom, It was sexy, mm -hmm. and it had meaning behind it because. Michael was in a committed relationship for 16 years. I believe him. I believe him that out of all the men there, no one can love her the way he can. Yeah. Michael became a man on this episode, in this in this show. Well, he was the only man to begin with because he's he 36. Was. He became a man again within the show. <laughs> yes. He became sexy in this moment. Yes, I, was, kind of I, was I was already into Michael, but here I was like into Michael. Wow, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, if Michael doesn't win, he needs to become Bachelor. I'm just putting that out there into the yes. universe. It goes without saying. I, I feel agree. like at this point. I agree. How, who, who would be a better Bachelor Thomas. than him? I would eat up a season of Michael as Bachelor. Yeah, or Thomas. <laughs> the love for Thomas continues. So Andrew has his one-on-one. And here, this was an, another great conversation. He says, every athlete dies twice. Ugh. The thing is, okay, so I applaud him for, I mean, that's a very poignant thing to say. I, I, I am not saying that Katie already didn't have her mind set on how things were going to go down. Yeah. But if she didn't, uh, that was not a good thing for him to say. And oh. as honest as it was, I know you kind of disagree with I, me about this. I do this. disagree with you. As but- honest as that was, if I'm Katie and I'm looking at this guy, he's 26 years old and he's telling me that he's about to die as an athlete, like, and then, you know, like, what do I do? Like, what do I do now? It would scare me. It would give me a sense of dread. Like, I would not want to be around when he has that death as an athlete. And I thought uh, it was so honest. I, you know, Andrew S. can do no wrong. But yeah. I thought within the game, mm. within this situation, oh, I don't think that was like, necessary. Okay. You I think f- that hurt his chances. That's interesting. I wouldn't I felt like that. it was a true moment of vulnerability. And I guess I came at it more as someone in the performing arts who has been around dancers my whole life. It just made me think of all... I mean, operas, thankfully, has a bit more longevity than dancing, but it's still, there is a time limit. You know, you can't sing the way you can when you're young forever, and your voice changes as you get older, and what do you do when you're done? And you can't do that anymore. And I, 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 Trust me, I'm not comparing it because I know you. I can sing opera for a hell of a lot longer than you can play football. Yeah. But this just moved me in a like getting to know him way, like not a game way. And I, I, I don't disagree I with you necessarily that it wasn't great for his chances of being chosen because too it's much not honesty. It, you, it's ominous. Yeah. It's not light. It's not like exciting. It's like, by the way, this is you're going to have to deal with this death. Yeah. Not only this death, but like me figuring out what else I'm going to do with my life. It's not, it was not a good thing to dump on her. Then that was the kind of thing you dump on someone when you're living together, like you're, you're set or, yeah. or you're well along in a relationship. I, I applaud his honesty, sh- but I, I don't think that was a good thing to say. And I think it might've put her over the fence on him. It might have shown his inexperience. With relationships. Possibly, yeah. Because I agree, in these early stages, I don't know if it's appealing. I actually, like, I saw the light go out in her eyes. Yeah, you, you said, said that. that. You were like, oh, you could see her losing interest. And I, I'd like to think Katie's not like that. She's but she human. does have a lot of options right now. She's you know? human. I wouldn't she blame her. That would scare me. What but you said. know, based on that, you would think if she had a real heart for him, she would keep him around longer so he can get more Instagram followers. <laughs> that's, wow, that's you are so dark. Sick. That's even too much for me. I'm just stating the obvious. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Anyway, I wrote that I have such a heart for him in his position. Again, having been around so many people who are dancers. I mean, when I lived in Germany, every opera house I sang at had an entire ballet. Mm-hmm. And I I have a lot of heart for people who are true athletes and for whom there is a, such a, a 
time limit, honestly. And Katie's response here is great. She says, all I would do is encourage you to keep going. If that means we're going to live in two places every year, so be it. If that means we have to hold off on having a family because of the inconsistency of our home, so be it. We're always going to have obstacles and you're the kind of person I feel so confident I could be holding hands with figuring shit out. First of all, I do feel like she really means all of these things, but given she does send him home, I found this a little misleading. I agree. But I do like in general about Katie the fact that you don't get the sense that she expects people to fit into her life. She's willing to fit into someone else's life Mm -hmm. or at least meet them partway, which is, I think, a lovely, lovely trait that not every lead on this show has. It's it's oftentimes, so are you willing to move to whatever city I live in? I agree. He does the callback of their one-on-one date with an envelope that he lifts her up to read. And it's a very cute, it's a cute moment. It all, it all, I look it's, at it all differently knowing that he feels, gets it, it all felt very tragic. Like I felt, a, I, I was, I didn't feel good. I no. knew what was coming. I just had a bad feeling. Yeah. Michael gets the rose on this group date. Yeah. So back at the house, Andrew and Mike P have a slight disagreement here over which week they think is the most important. <laughs> this, is, this, this is the most <laughs> offensive Andrew S. has ever been. Disagreeing with the Virgin about whether (laughs) week seven or week eight is more important. Andrew thinks that the most important week is hometowns. Mm -hmm. And Mike P thinks it's this one. And Andrew just calls this one the prep. In my opinion, Andrew is right. Andrew is always right. Let's be honest. I think they're both right in different ways. It's that I think it's way harder for her when she meets the families, if she really is torn between two or three people yeah. and their families are one's great and one's terrible, then it gets difficult. But I think that this week is hard in terms of her sending people home that she has been leading on intentionally yes. for a of while. Of course. Yeah. This is where it all comes home to roost. All those <laughs> yes. fake, fake feelings. <laughs> yes. So Mike P gets his one-on-one and that's in the forest. And they are joined by cuddle expert, cuddle queen, Jean. They're really milking the virgin thing. It's just like, it's almost on the level of the whacking off episode. It's like, I get it. He's a virgin. I get it. It's cuddling is awkward. And it's sex. And, oh, God. I don't know if I find cuddling that awkward. Yeah, but it's awkward when it's like the whole point is like they're getting all close and cuddly in these positions that have obvious sexual undertones. We all knew that a virgin could not come on this show and not go on a date that would in some way exploit the fact that they are inexperienced sexually. And Mike P says, cuddle in the woods, 10 being the most uncomfortable, probably a 10. I would say a dominatrix dungeon for Mike would be a 10. I think cuddling is about a 2. I agree. I don't think cuddling in the woods is all that bad. Even if you have no chemistry with someone. And why, cuddling in the woods is no worse than cuddling. As a matter of fact, cuddling in the woods is probably safer than cuddling in an indoor location. Safer. I mean, safer for not having sex. <laughs> if I was worried about losing my virginity, I'd be less concerned about a cuddle in the woods than I would about a cuddle in someone's room. That's true. That's true. Especially with a cuddle expert just watching you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a camera particularly crew. Particularly with a cuddle expert. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. As they come out in their white outfits, Mike says, I look like a drug lord. One of the best lines of the whole season. One of the best lines. I wrote here, I feel if Colton Underwood had not beat Mike to the virgin thing, Mm -hmm. Mike could have had a real shot at Bachelor. I say that because he's got the look. He's got the virgin thing. Mm -hmm. He's funny. Funnier than Colton. Colton wasn't that funny. No. Mike, we've seen many moments of Mike's where he's, 
when he says, I've been training for this my whole life with the Operation WoWo thing, like the way he could poke fun at the Virgin thing and just, he, he's got a great sense of humor. And yeah. if we had seen more of him edited in a different way and he made it just a bit further because he was being primed to become Bachelor, right. Mike P in a different universe would have I become agree. Bachelor. I like Mike. Mike P's like old timey. There's something he's like an old soul. Yeah. He feels like almost like if Clint Eastwood never had sex his whole <laughs> life. That's what Mike P is. Yeah, I agree. He handled also he handled it so well, almost disturbingly well. This whole date, you mean? The whole season. Yes. So they are cuddling in the woods and it's super awkward. Ugh, and and awful. Cuddle Queen Jean says, what I noticed was a lot of nervous laughter. And typically that's not because things are funny. <laughs> Very observant. It's because things are awkward. Yes. And I wrote, this woman is a fine. She's on top of it. <laughs> yes. Honesty from the expert. Yes. Then things start to take a, a turn. And Mike says that Katie's very calming. He calls her a nurturer. And he says, and man, do I love nurturers. He also calls and her he, his, as you were about to say, his mother, he, I think like seven times. Okay, so he compares. Nothing sexier, by the way. That's what you want to hear right before sexy time. Just like, you remind me of my mother. He compares now her take to. your clothes off. <laughs> God. Mom. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's just so absurd. So he compares. It was over. As soon as he said, let's be honest, as soon as he said, you remind me of my mother. I mean, we, it's, it's over. It's, like he admitted it was. He was like, OK, well, he's waving the white flag. It's like, you remind me of my mother. <laughs> Let me go. I surrender. It's over. <laughs> Let me go home. I have things to do. I have emails to get back to. I, so he compares it to his mom. I personally think he probably made this comparison just like two or three times because he did talk about how he felt. Katie is a nurturer. Yeah. He later says that he feels Katie takes on others' emotions, which I do feel yeah. is accurate. Yeah, yeah. To support my argument, which is that I think producers were egging him on with this, we hear an ITM from him where he says, Katie's a better cuddler. There's no question about it, because he was referencing his mom. I've just got to say, I often talk about the ITM dialogue like what questions are asked how you have to answer in present tense and full mm -hmm, sentences mm -hmm. no way did a producer not ask who's a better cuddler katie or your mom and then he has to answer that right and in, in a full sentence so katie's a better cuddler there's no question about it you know did he was he really comparing how his mother cuddles to how katie cuddles no, no, unlikely he was yeah. forced to say that to make that comparison but nonetheless, I agree. This was pretty painful to watch. I felt bad for him. It felt like he made probably a few in-passing remarks or references to Katie having some traits that his mother possesses. And then it was turned into this kind of weird mama's boy <sighs> narrative. Really weird. Anyway, Mike says he's been saving himself for a reason. And if it were up to him, he'd be humping everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I missed that. You missed that? Yeah. It was great. How did I miss that? I don't know. You must have fallen asleep. Or maybe you were just covering your eyes because you hated this date. I was, I was trying to, I was going to a happy place, I think. Yeah. It was making me very uncomfortable. And Katie, very honestly, and I, I loved her honesty here, admits that she's been quick to judge people who save themselves, but he has made her realize it means nothing to someone's personality. Yeah. And I believe her. I believe she her wouldn't too. have said that if she didn't feel that she had learned a lesson. Yes. True. She wouldn't admit that if she no. still felt the same way. Yeah. And here he whispers, you remind me of my mom. You take on people's feelings. It's, and then she says, it's a lot because it can be good and bad feelings, which makes this whole thing very, very difficult. Yeah. And he says, it would be my worst nightmare. I'd rather have my heart broken a hundred times than break someone else's heart. 
I love how Mike always, always comes into every situation with her perspective yeah. in mind. He always thinks about what she's going through. He has done that since the beginning over every little bit of drama. It's always like, Katie's happy about this. Katie must feel like this. And I just think that he will make an incredible partner for someone. I was about to say, whoever ends up with Mike is a very lucky woman. Yes. He is extremely considerate and perceptive. Mm -hmm. He, I think he recognizes that Katie is an empath, which I do think she is based on this episode, Mm -hmm. but how difficult it was for her to send a person home each and every time. Okay. So back at the house, Blake rightfully points out yesterday's date. So this is the art date. How uncomfortable would he have been? So meaning Mike, have been on that date and how much did Katie love that date? I just see it as a huge hurdle. So he's making the argument that Mike will go home. Mm-hmm. And he says in an ITM, Mike pees so by a book and Katie's just not by a book. They seem very different. He's a very, very nice guy. Yeah. I we agree with him. Yeah. He's not coming from a place where he's shit talking him. He's just stating fact. Blake states facts. He does. Right down to the fact that Mike P is literally by a book. Yes. He is by the book. Yes, he is. <laughs> and Katie, who knows, but she's not by the same book. No. But yeah, Andy, you wrote, he's a nice guy, but what is he doing him? Put him out of his misery, which Katie promptly does yes. after this. <laughs> so she tearfully sends him home and he's lovely here. He says, you're good. You could tell that he was just making it easy for her. He's just wonderful. Yeah. And... He says, I know what kind of wife and mother you're going to be. And one of those guys is really lucky. And he says he'll still be rooting for her. And it's just yeah, just no complaints here. Graceful exit. We would expect nothing less from Mike P. Mm-hmm. So finally, we are at the rose ceremony. And we see footage of Michael walking alone mm-hmm. up to the rose ceremony. And I said, uh-oh. And Andy, you freaked out. <laughs> Dude. We didn't know that he was going to go meet the other guys. We thought he was going to go talk to her. And you were like, <gasps> and then you said, shut up. Michael's winning. I did. Say <laughs> this that. all happened in that tone. There was a lovely rainbow of suits mm-hmm. as the men waited to see who got those final two roses. So Katie says, Justin over Andrew. And you screamed, motherfucker. <laughs> Great quote. I think it's important for our Shandies to yeah. realize how invested you are because your voice, you really do raise your voice while watching this show. Yeah. You've gotten invested, whether you like it or not. I was, what you didn't tell them is in the last like 10 seconds, I was like, uh oh, I think, I think Andrew's going yeah. home. <laughs> what well, you didn't tell them. Yeah. Okay. I was shielding them from the information that you were starting to feel very, uh, I felt a very bad feeling. Yeah. And then Keisha comes in to tell Andrew to say his goodbyes and you called them the angels of death because they were wearing black. (laughs) I think we now have to have a moment of silence. We'll get there. He's not gone yet. So Katie, in sitting down with Andrew, tells him that I could not look your mother and sister in the eye and tell them what they want to hear. And we not only believe her, But we think that she got rid of him preemptively. Yeah. She didn't want to hurt him any more than she could. I I believe, and I stand by, I believe Andrew was always third. Yeah. But because Katie has a big heart, Mm -hmm. she she spared him the extra pain. She spared him the extra pain because she knew that he was dead serious about her. Mm -hmm. But she also spared him probably another 
hundred or so thousand Instagram followers. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying. Doesn't have to be said, <laughs> but yes, it's true. So the next day, Andrew returns. Assuming this is the next day, I think uh, it was either the next day or the day after. Ten minutes later, he was not. He did not leave the bubble yet. No. And Andy, you said here, only on The Bachelor would you break up with a guy and then the next day he comes and visits you in your room and you're like, oh, yay, you're back. <laughs> yeah, it's like what would actually happen is like I'm on the phone with the police. <laughs> get away from my door. It's so true. Yeah. Only on this show. Yeah. So they have a nice chat. Nothing really changes. And he gives her a card and mm-hmm. is on his way. And she reads the card after he leaves and it reads, if you change your mind, I'll be waiting. I, I almost, almost welled up. It was, there was something very moving about this. Even his little smiley face. It the was an, smiley face got me. The smiley face, with, and it was an old school smiley face where the lines are the eyes. Oh, old school. <laughs> yes. Everything about Andrew S. is old school. It's true. He's an old soul. He's too good for this world. Certainly the Bachelor For the world? world. What, is he going to die? <laughs> just, just for the Bachelor. Take it easy. <laughs> You're right. He's too good for the Bachelor yeah, world. He's, he's only his first death, remember, is just retiring from football. What's that? You know, he's, he's still a, alive and kicking young man. He's got a lot, of, a lot ahead of him. So Katie starts to cry and she chases him. It was very dramatic. Mm-hmm. The music was it really lended well to this overall vibe. You made it. You made a good point because she was looking for him, like she couldn't find him, and well, just like the whole production crew it's trailing true. behind him. It's true. They made him. it seem like she didn't know where he went when he <laughs> like, had literally where a team could he possibly be? Him. There is a gaffer, a boom guy, a cameraman, a backup cameraman, and a producer over there, but it's probably not him. This is like a scene from a movie. Yeah. I was into it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Me too. Me too. And she finally catches up with him. And then this is a confusing moment. She says, if there's a way to stay a little longer, would you want to? And Andy, here you threw your fists up into the air. We agree that Andrew deserves better. This is all very embarrassing for me. And I wrote, I get the feeling Katie has stayed in past relationships far longer than she should have. Mm-hmm. This reminded me of, we had a caller episode. Again, for anyone who doesn't listen to the rest of Dear Shandy, it is mostly relationship advice or double dates with bachelor couples. Mm -hmm. And in this caller episode, we said being afraid to hurt someone is not a reason to stay with them. Yes. And I get the feeling from Katie, the the empath vibes where she takes on other people's feelings. I get the feeling she has had a hard time breaking up with people, even if it's not right for her. Think you're right. And here we have our flashpoint. We mm-hmm. forgot about the flashpoint last week. Well, there's not always a flashpoint. Oh, really? You can't just force a flashpoint. <laughs> Flashpoint's got to come organically. Do you remember the sound of our flashpoint? I think so. Ready? One, two, three. That's <laughs> close enough. Yeah, similar. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And the flashpoint is Andrew turns her down. Oh, yes. Andrew. You are the king. Mm, mm. <laughs> we love you, Andrew. He says, I want my future wife to choose me. I don't want to stand through another rose ceremony and wait for her to not choose me again. Oh, class act till to the, the end. end. And here's the thing. I don't think this negates the card he gave her. No. I think the card was more so meant for if this doesn't work out, Call me. That's the best part about it. It is is you think you'd be like, oh, he did that so that maybe he has a chance of staying on the TV show. No, he did that because he actually was like, you know what? I really like you. And maybe somewhere down the road we could get together like humans. Yes. Oh, come on. Oh, Andrew. This guy. They have one last kiss. Uh, How often have you seen that passionate a kiss for someone who's going home? (laughs) That's never been done before. It's never happened before. 
you show me. Tell me. You know. You're 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 the expert. <laughs> Has it ever happened before? Usually people resist. Andy, you said that's weird. But is it weird that I found it kind of hot? It's super hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought this last kiss was hot. It felt very just tragic. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like it's like a movie where the guy is doing something where he's going to die and he's doing it for her. Like he's mm-hmm. sacrificing his life for her and yeah. she knows it and she's accepted. She's like, okay, fine. Like, I'll let you do this. Yeah. And they have that last kiss. I mean, this is an unbelievably low stakes version of that, but still <laughs> it had that feeling. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm sacrificing myself for this love. Yep. Like a gentleman. Like and a it gentleman. was, oh, it was a hot scene. A hot classy, scene. Everything. <laughs> I got, I got to say, Andrew S, MVP for me, for maybe not only this season, but just the whole, you know. All the seasons that you watched. Many seasons. <laughs> yeah, he's an MVP. And then he officially leaves. And now we will have our moment of silence okay. for Andrew S. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best, the best person this on this This is a show. moment of silence, please. Oh, sorry. Respect it. <laughs> Okay, I think that's good. (laughs) Andrew, you will be missed. Okay, and that brings us to the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And to go back over our word watch, there was only one opportunity. But many winners. Many winners. Five winners. Congratulations to Benjamin Fast, Eliane VDB. Hope I said that right. Crystal Mackenzie Davenport and Diana Lineback. The five of you won the Shandy... Oh, sorry. Was there something? You you didn't win anything, but you you won uh, the satisfaction this. of winning the Dear Shandy Word Count of the Week. Congratulations! Yes, and people all over the world know that you are good at picking the words that we choose for the episode. <laughs> the amount. The amount of words. Yes. I'm sure that's a useful skill somewhere in life. Okay, Andy. Yes. Do you feel ready to get to our predictions? With a heavy, heavy heart. Yes. The yes. predictions are not the same no. without Andrew anymore, are they? That being said, I, I have to give us a pat on the back. We had Justin from the first... No, 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 ep- no. You had Justin. And now let's quickly talk about how incredible your original four predictions were. You beat me. <laughs> I love how quiet you are. <laughs> I'm clearly giving you a big pat on the back and you're just like... <laughs> Just sitting pretty, taking it in. You had an insanely good original four. Mine were just mediocre. Hmm. My original four guests on night one were Greg, Brendan, Christian, what happened to him, and Connor B. Hmm. Yours were Greg, Connor B., Andrew S., and Justin. That is impressive. Thank you. Well done. This is based on night one. We don't know anything about anyone. Thank you. You did very well. You're good at this. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. So, Andy, who do you predict will be in the top spot? I made my bed with Michael. I'm sleeping in it. (laughs) I think that's fair. I still have Blake in my first spot. Mm. I just think that they have incredible chemistry. She has said it's easiest with him. I feel like while Greg might be the best kisser, I Greg still makes me nervous. And I think he also makes her nervous, Mm -hmm. whether she knows it or not. Thunder. And yeah, I think Blake is, is winning this thing. If I, if I was able to have another me, <laughs> I would also predict Blake. But I've predicted Michael and I'm, I'm, and I'm, Michael I'm sticking is, with I it. I think Michael is a great, I mean, Michael's great. We love Michael. I think we're both jealous of each other's number one picks. Yeah, I'm not jealous of yours. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> Who's in your second spot? Definitely Blake. Okay. That's fair. It's the, I'm telling you, it's a battle between her sexual urges mm-hmm. and her emotional needs. And I don't think that Blake doesn't provide both. Yeah. It's just that there's... Uh, it. Michael is strong yeah. emotion. And Blake is strong horn. Horn. <laughs> <laughs> so I... We're going to... Sw- trade in my second spot i've bumped up michael Mm -hmm. instead of greg and it's mainly because i think greg i just cannot he is emanating non-committal vibes for me something's wrong there and i think katie is smart enough to pick up on it because she constantly asks him how he's doing and tells him how afraid she is that he's gonna leave and i feel like that's all foreshadowing for something that's gonna happen there meanwhile michael i don't believe that she would tell him the things she's telling him about picturing a future with his son if she didn't feel reasonably confident that that had a chance of happening agreed I think she's too good a person for that. Agreed. So my second spot is Michael. Your second spot is Blake. And who do you have in your third spot? It's, I mean, this is obvious. Justin. <laughs> That's who I have in my third spot. So we obviously both have Greg in yes. our third spot. Mm-hmm. Kind of by default. We both think something's going to happen with Greg still. Yeah. Do you think he's leaving? If I had a gun to my head, I would say Yes. Okay. And I might die. But (laughs) And that means that we both predict that Justin will be going home next week. First of all, he had his first one on one date in episode six, which is late and would suggest that she didn't feel an urgency to get to know him better and give him that date. And then on that date we learned literally zero about him. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, we only know that he paints mostly roses, sometimes butterflies. And therefore, he's just, I don't think Justin can win this. He's it's, going home. It's, it's just a matter of time. If he wins, it'll make a mockery of the process <laughs> yeah, of The Bachelorette. Exactly. And on that note, that's it. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we're going to ask of you. We want you to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, leave iTunes reviews and ratings. Mm-hmm. And tell your friends and generally do all the things to help us grow because that really is the best thing you can do for us if you enjoy hearing us. If we grow, we will feel inspired to continue to do it. And if we don't grow, we will never do this ever (laughs) again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Dear Shandy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.